Hello and welcome back to the Firestarters Podcast. I am Colin. I'm here with Joe. What it do? And I am here with Mingo. What's going on? Today we've got legacies impacted by the Super Bowl. Let's chop it up. Everything litty, I love when it's hot. Follow us at Pod Firestarters on Twitter. Email us at thefirestarterspod at gmail.com. You can find this podcast on YouTube at thefirestarterspodcast on youtube.com. It is, what, Thursday, February 17th. It's 7.24 p.m. Central Time. What up, Joe? What's going on? We had a Super Bowl. Here we go. It was pretty good. Good halftime show it was pretty good. I, I to be honest, there was a pretty wide stretch where it was not very good. That's and true. There was pretty Mingo. You want to get the Smash Pirine play out now or? I no. Okay. Right. <laughs> I've I've blocked it out of my memory forever. I even saw Zach Taylor's explanation about what happened. I I thought about respecting him for a second, and then I was like, no. <laughs> The Bengals saw that and they're like, "Hey, you want an extension?" Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's like uh, Frank Reich defending not giving Jonathan Taylor the ball <laughs> in press conferences. Yeah. What What was Zach Taylor's reasoning? I didn't hear that one. Uh, basically, that Samaje was in uh, in a third down situation, which is his typical sort of role, and. He made the executive call, despite the running backs coach being like, hey, Zach, you want to throw Joe Mixon back in the game? <laughs> Zach was like, nah, man. <laughs> I trust Samaje with my I'm life. Good. I'm good. And he kept him in, and the rest is history. Yeah, the okay. rest is history. Speaking of history, Joe. Hey, we, 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 this Super Bowl could have made history for a lot of guys just because the talent that was on this Rams team uh, it's been a big topic all year, you know. They say, hey, we don't need the draft picks. You know, we're going to bring guys in. We're going to throw money at guys. And we're going to build through trading and free agency and deep pockets. And that's what they did. Turned out Rams, Super Bowl winners against Cincy. And the legacies that this impacts could stretch pretty far. And so... Um, I wanted to, you know, just touch on a couple guys and uh, from the idea that if they were to retire today, what are their likelihood of reaching the Hall of Fame? And then obviously we can go into the conversation of, well, if this guy plays, you know, this much longer, accumulates this many more stats, they'd have a better chance and stuff along those lines. So we can Sweet. we can kick it off with one of the people that was rumored to maybe hang it up after the Super Bowl, and that is head coach Sean McVay. Um, he's been the Rams' head coach from 2017 to present day, obviously. Um, 22 head coaches have made the Hall of Fame, and only five since 1998. Uh, McVay is 62-29, uh, 55-26 in the regular season, and 7-3 and in the playoffs. He was the coach of the year in 2017. 
He took the Rams from the lowest scoring team to the top scoring team in a single year. He won the division title, uh, had the Rams' first winning record since 2003, brought them to their first playoff appearance since 2004. In just his second year, he took the team to the Super Bowl, and then obviously in his fifth year, he took the team to the Super Bowl and won and became the youngest head coach to win a Super Bowl. So what are your thoughts on Sean McVay? That's the resume right now. And, and in five years, I think that's a pretty good resume. That's it's it's a great resume. And so you're saying you're taking these guys. You're saying if they retired today, what are the odds they make the the Hall of Fame? What or, are the chances or, based on what are this the chances? Like I, I just feel like the Hall of Fame in the NFL is such a like prestigious group where it's like having only five years it's going to be tough for them to make it in and but making two super bowls winning one and being like a winning coach for five straight years is a hell of a start but i feel like you need to have that continued success to differentiate yourself from a great coach to like a hall of fame caliber coach and i mean seeing where he's at now i i can't say that he won't make the hall of fame by the end of his career his wife or fiance just posted he's like hey he's not retiring i don't know i don't know why everybody's saying he's retiring so i it looks like you will be on track to be a hall of fame coach given the success he's had and like the coaching tree that he's developing which is crazy that he's only 36 and he already has like I think there's five coordinators that have come from his team that have become head coaches. And there was that running joke where it's like, oh, if you know Sean McVay, (laughs) you can have a coaching position. But, like, you look at Brandon Staley, he was pretty solid. You look at Matt LaFleur, he's been excellent in Green Bay. I mean, and now O'Connell has the job in Minnesota. And there's a few other guys that I'm not thinking about the top of my head, but it's it's becoming like an actual coaching tree, and he's only 36, so it is pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, you talk about uh, a five-year body of work. It's hard to find one that's more impressive than what Sean McVay has had. And, I mean, it, it like what you're saying, Colin, with the coaching tree, I mean, that might be the most impressive thing is just how he is doling out these coaches left and right and and successful guys. I mean, this this McVay-style offense has basically taken over the NFL in many ways. So his impact on the game, his impact on the league is extensive in such a sh- limited amount of time. But that being said, uh, the amount of head coaches that we talked about at the top that have actually made it into the Hall of Fame is a fairly exclusive list. We have a few in the league right now, and it's taken them decades to kind of build up to that point. So, I mean, I I, I don't think he's Hall of Fame worthy at this moment, uh, but at the same time, like, if he st- if he sticks with it, if he doesn't go the analyst road in a couple of years, I mean, he's got all the makings. Is Sean McVay's coaching tree already more impressive than Bill Belichick's? It might be. <laughs> well, especially from a head coaching standpoint. I mean, yeah. you look at yeah. guys like Matt Patricia, just he's just gone now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and then other guys are even coming. Bill O'Brien. They're coming back to the Patriots because yeah. <laughs> that's, that's where the success was. Um, 
Uh, Bill Simmons, one of his favorite criteria for uh, determining Hall of Fame is, can you tell the story of the NFL without this individual? And and that's like, I think it's a good criteria because, I mean, if you're talking about football, the history of football, is this a guy whose name is going to be brought up with right. his resume currently? Or, or does he need to put in more work and go throughout the years? Because, I mean, being 36... He started coaching in 2009. That's what, 24? He's, he's coaching? Insane. I mean, that's younger than us. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I'm I'm turning 24 next month, though. See? <laughs> I feel like shit. Yeah, so. Well, and yeah. I mean, let's not forget, too, that Jared Goff in the first Super Bowl, I mean, like, that. And at the time, you thought Goff is arriving. Like, this is the player that went number one overall. This is the highest-powered offense in the league. Goff is leading the charge. And then you realize very quickly that McVay was was kind of pulling the strings for most of that. And then we've seen how Goff has kind of declined and obviously what he is now outside of the system. So, I mean, it, it is very crazy that he almost has a quarterback proof and i mean we've seen that in other places mm-hmm. as well almost a quarterback proof system that can win a super bowl but as always that quarterback is usually the most important player in uh richard sherman had some very very hot takes on the matt stafford hall of fame case and i'm convinced it's just because he hates the rams uh, being on both the Seahawks and the f- uh, 49ers, he probably can't stand seeing success of the Rams. So I, I think there's a lot to do with it. Granted, he made good points, you know. It's it's the era of the quarterback. Quarterbacks can't be touched. Wide receivers can't be touched. It's it's more pass-happy. But uh, when, you, when you dig into more of the Stafford accolades, I, I think it shows a lot more than just he's on a garbage team and they're throwing the ball a lot which was a lot of the case at this time in detroit so transition into john matthew stafford did you know his first name was john not until right now same (laughs) it's just one of those ones like why i don't think he's a junior no why not just why does he take a matt stafford why not just john stafford john stafford you could have heralded after John Kitna. John Elway. And it's, anyway. it's Matthew, not Matt. Matt. Yeah, not it's Matt. just Matthew, Sorry. Matthew, not Matthew. Matthew. Yeah. Yep. My bad. Very but Patrick Mahomes-like. Not yeah. Pat. Yeah. No. Patrick. <laughs> or Michael, not, not Michael Mitch Malone. Not, not Mitch Trubisky. Mitchell. <laughs> I don't know if I ever heard that. Um, so Stafford drafted in 2009 to... The Detroit Lions, number one overall out of Georgia. In 2011, he was the comeback player of the year. He was hurt after four games in 2010. Uh, He has one Pro Bowl appearance in 2014. Obviously, he is the Super Bowl champion of 2021. Uh, He's 12th all-time in attempts. He led the league in 2011 and 2012. He's 11th all-time in completions. Again, uh, 2012, when he led in attempts, he led in completions that year. 12th all-time in passing yards. 12th all-time in passing touchdowns. 7th all-time in game-winning drives with 42 and 5th 
all-time in comebacks with 35. He led the league in fourth-quarter comebacks in 2014 and 2016. He also led the league in game-winning drives in 14, 16, and 17. So I'll give you that for starters. All right. What you I'll, got? What you got? I'll, I'll, I'll start here. I think Matt Stafford could make the Hall of Fame, but not with his current uh, accolades. I think Matt Stafford needs a few more good winning seasons on the Rams to like have that chance. Because right now, so I took a little section of modern quarterbacks because that's kind of the argument against Stafford. It's like, well, he's a modern quarterback. They can't get hit. You know, they throw the ball a bunch. So if you look at quarterbacks that retired since 1994, so that's Joe Montana and on. That's Joe Montana, Jim Kelly, John Elway, Steve Young, Dan Marino, Warren Moon, Troy Aikman, Brett Favre, uh, Kurt Warner, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, and then the guys that are recently retired that we would assume would make the Hall of Fame. That would be Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, and then the question marks around Philip Rivers and Eli Manning. But if you look at Matt Stafford's career as it stands right now, He's played 13 years. He's got 50,000 passing yards, 323 pass touchdowns. He's got 2,100 yards in the playoffs, 13 playoff touchdowns. That career stacks up almost exactly with Warren Moon. And Warren Moon had about 50,000 yards, got about 300 touch passing touchdowns, got about 2,900 playoff yards, and 17 passing touchdowns. But the thing about Warren Moon, what made him special – was that he had his feet and that's kind of where he was like the first like super mobile quarterback and that's kind of how he got into the hall of fame warren moon also has no super bowl mvp but he also has no super bowl win which stafford has over him and he has no regular season mvp neither does stafford so if you if you look that's about where the statistical resume stacks up and so like you could make the argument well warren moon made it in why can't Stafford? They got the same thing, like same stats basically. But then you look at it, it's like Warren Moon also retired 20 years ago. Matt Stafford's still playing. But if Matt Stafford keeps this up and wins for five more seasons, then it all, the case becomes a lot easier to make. It's a lot, it, it feels a lot like a Matt Ryan type of case where it's a lot of yards on bad teams, and then he has, like, the one Super Bowl to kind of – I mean, Matt Ryan lost his Super Bowl, but you know what I mean. Matt Ryan also has an MVP. That too. And uh, Matt Stafford, zero first-team All-Pro selections, but when you're in an era with, like you said, you're overlapping Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, it's tough to make that cut yeah. with those guys. Well, okay, so that was something that came up with, uh, I don't remember which sports guy was saying that. You know, like, how are you supposed to make an all-pro team when you have these legendary quarterbacks? And somebody replied and was like, yeah, that's literally Richard Sherman's point. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Matthew, like, I'll, I'll just say off the top, I don't think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback right now. I definitely think he can be. But I don't think it's it's necessarily like, if they go back, 
you know, if they go back to the Super Bowl next year, if he wins back to back Super Bowls, like, all right, I'll start I'll start seriously thinking about it. But take out this year. I mean, think about what Matthew Stafford was for most of his career. And I completely understand that he, you know, he's on the Lions. There's a lot of other issues with that franchise. But I mean, there were there was almost never a time in his career up until this year in which he was really considered among the best quarterbacks in the league. He was very mid-tier for most of the time. He had some gaudy stats. That's great. He's going to end up finishing easy top 10 all-time, maybe even top 5 in yards all-time. But that is no longer – I'm taking that out of my consideration. And it makes me think about a player that I was arguing for just a couple years ago in Phillip Rivers – where I say, how do you not put Philip Rivers in the Hall of Fame? Look at where his name is on the passing yards list. But that we're Six. we're gonna get to a point in time where the passing yards list is consumed by new new quarterbacks. For every every decade is gonna have new quarterbacks coming in. So I'm a little hesitant to look simply on that standpoint. Okay, if he's top five of all time, you know, in yards, whatever. But I just can't argue for him with the body of work. I just like I can't argue for Eli Manning, and he has two Super Bowls. Yeah. And and I mean another the last point I'll make is just the fact that Matthew Stafford he played well in the Super Bowl. He didn't win them the Super Bowl. They had defensive playmakers making huge plays, winning the Super Bowl for that team. That is how this Super Bowl for the Rams will be remembered for me and I think a lot of other people. Would Could they have done it with Jared Goff? Maybe not. I mean, we've seen how that went down. But, I mean, we it was before the season. Holy shit. McVay's got a quarterback that's competent, and look what happened. You know, he took Goff to a Super Bowl. He won Matt Stafford a Super Bowl. But what does that really say about Stafford and his legacy? I don't know. So I got a couple more things. Um, Stafford, obviously, he, he won the four playoff games this year. You know, so his playoff record is four and three. Uh, he only made the playoffs three times in his time with Detroit. In 2011, uh, it was a wild card loss, 28 to 45 at New Orleans. Uh, Stafford threw for 380 yards. He had three touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, New Orleans fumbled twice, so the turnover battle was even. But Drew Brees threw for over 450 yards and three touchdowns, and they gave up 160 yards on the ground and three touchdowns. So, (laughs) I wouldn't say it's Stafford's fault. (laughs) I mean, uh, 2014, they were 11-5. and Uh, They lost to Dallas in the wild card game. Stafford, 323 yards, one touchdown, one interceptions, but did lose two fumbles. Turnover was 3-1 in that game. You can see, I mean, it's a four-point loss. Taking care of the ball is important. And then the last time Detroit made the playoffs, they were 9-7 and seven in the 2016 year. Stafford had eight fourth-quarter game-winning comebacks that year. That's the most by any quarterback in a season to go 9-7. and seven. Yeah, that's insane. And then they lose... At Seattle, twenty-six to six, because <laughs> Seattle had almost two times the time of possession and gave up one hundred seventy-seven rushing yards on the ground. But then, like, 
his his body of work leading up to the playoffs. I mean, they blow out Arizona in the wild card round, and then he wins them that game in Tampa Bay. It's not his fault that they fumbled four times. I mean, Cam Akers put the ball on the ground twice. Cooper Cup puts the ball on the ground, and then a snap over his head. That's that's not Stafford's fault. And then he leads them down the field. He hits Cup on the bomb at the end of the game. They set up the game-winning field goal. And then in the NFC Championship against San Francisco, it's another fourth-quarter comeback. They're down by three. They get two field goals. They win the game. And then, I mean, in the Super Bowl, he's he leads them in the fourth quarter to another fourth-quarter comeback. He has that no-look pass to Cooper Cup on third and four for 22 yards. What he did with his eyes to move Von Bell over and then throw that ball behind him, that end zone angle, oh, mama. <laughs> that was crazy. You got to admit that was crazy. And then, was crazy. And then everyone in the building knows that he's throwing it to Cooper Cup down at the end zone, and he does. He hits him. It's the go-ahead touchdown pass in the Super Bowl. I mean, I, I, I think you're discrediting crediting him, and you're putting a lot on that defense, but in three out of four games, he, he won the games. Okay, a few things. What, what is true about Matthew Stafford? He is a gamer. We know he's a gamer. Yes. He's a tough SOB. He's good in the fourth quarter. He's got a hell of an arm. He makes some ridiculous throws. We've seen that forever. But he's not an elite quarterback. And, you know, he it, it just I, I I don't want the NFL to get to a point where we're just throwing any quarterback that's stuck around for fifteen years and has, you know, fifty thousand passing yards and, and a Super Bowl to go into the Hall of Fame. I mean I would like there to be a standard for Hall of Fame quarterbacks to be among the truly legendary, truly elite, tr- almost transcendent talents at the most important position in, in all of sports. I mean, it's like I understand not everybody's Tom Brady, not everybody's Peyton Manning, not everybody is, you know, Aaron Rodgers, but you got you got to be you got to be close to that. You have to be in that sort of conversation and I just do not see Matthew Stafford there from one Super Bowl win. Why is Troy Aikman in the <laughs> Hall of Fame? That's a whole other problem. That's, that's the name that I keep looking at where it's like, okay, yeah, all these guys fit in. That's like Troy Aikman has like 30,000 passing yards and he has like a one-to-one touchdown-to-pick ratio and what, he's got three Super Bowls and one Super Bowl MVP. One was a D-back and one was Emmett Smith that won him a Super Bowl and I'm like, Okay, <laughs> like that—that's that's the one that stands out. Him and like Jim Kelly, and Jim Kelly made four Super Bowls at least. So like you look at that, but I don't know. Matt Stafford, yeah, he's had the gaudy stats. He's on a bad team, but he also led that team to more playoff games than they probably had any business being in. And if that's probably sixteen other quarterbacks in the league, twenty other quarterbacks in the league, they're like dog shit <laughs> and then if that's you know that that top that the, he's probably in that top 10 range during that time when he's leading them to the playoffs i would think i mean i it's just like 
in the years where they were so bad, does it overlook the the years where they're like scratching, clawing to make the playoffs? And then you look at the fact that I know Joe probably will bring this up later, but the fact that he has facilitated the two best wide receiver seasons of all time. And I know that's because he throws the ball a lot, but with Cooper Cup, it was a winning season. I mean, obviously, Cooper Cup won the Super Bowl MVP. And it's not like Cooper Cup was this super elite, productive wide receiver before. He was, but he wasn't this caliber. And then the other one's Megatron, who's a physical freak of nature. So it's like, I don't know. It, Stafford is this stats guy who's never really had a running game and has always had to huck the ball around the yard, but has always been pretty effective at it. So, I don't know. You you look at how, and this is just stats, purely stats, how they stack up to the people in the Hall of Fame right now, and it doesn't when you look at Manning forward. So that's Manning, Phil Rivers, and then Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger, Tom Brady, Rodgers. They don't necessarily stack up to those, which is why I'm saying he needs some time before he can be in that echelon. But if you look at what the kind of, you know, qualifiers were before, he easily meets those standards. But now, like you said, Mingo, we're in this league where you're throwing it so often. The pace of play is a little faster. The rules lean towards the offense. So... He should be putting up these stats, but he is. Like, that's the thing. And he looks better in this system. And if he continues with this system, he can be a Hall of Famer. Rivers will be an interesting case. Because if Rivers gets in, then Stafford gets in. I mean, he has a Super Bowl. He's going to finish with as many, if not more, career yards. So, I mean, that'll be an interesting situation so the time in detroit obviously is the biggest detriment on this resume simply simply put because that franchise just they don't they don't function in in his time there he had five head coaches Um, the best one was jim caldwell Uh, he's the only one that had that had a winning record and they still fired him um, he, he, he's only played with four first-team All-Pros in his 11 years in Detroit, that being Calvin yep. Johnson, Ndam Kinsu, Darius Slay, and Jamal Agnew. Jamal Agnew! Hey! hey. All-Pro returner? Is that, is that what, that's probably what he got it, his All-Pro nod for. It, they they oh. put him in his quarter, cornerback slash wide receiver, which basically means returner. Yeah. He's only played with 13 Pro Bowlers. Again, those guys, uh, Don Malbach, center, Ziggy Ansah, Jack Fox, the punter, Kenny Galladay, TJ Hawkinson, Golden Tate, Prater, Glover Quinn, Frank Ragnall. So, I mean, you've got three wide receivers and a tight end. The team's never had a running back, which... which how else are you supposed to set up easier passing? And the Rams, it's, it's, it's the Rams didn't game. have a running back either. No, they ran for like 49 yards in the Super Bowl. Yeah, on like 49 carries. And so, like, obviously, the skill positions are horrible. 
and and with that, he's still the fastest player to twenty thousand career passing yards, fastest to thirty thousand, fastest to forty thousand, fastest to forty-five thousand. He's got the most passing attempts in a season with the seven hundred twenty-seven. That was in the Calvin Johnson season, and he's the he was the first player to complete sixty percent or more of his passes in every game in a season, and that was in twenty fifteen. So. And then, obviously, Khan, like you said, he, he's quarterbacked, in my opinion, the two greatest receiving seasons of all time. So, oh, that is, that, that's, that's Matt Stafford's body of work. And, uh, I love Matt Stafford. I, th- I think he's in my favor right now. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of fun stats, you know, can't deny. Kid's got a lot of stats on his resume. And that's, that's what makes this fun. Mingo Mingo says kid because he's forty five years old apparently. <laughs> yeah. No, it's you know, this isn't the first draft class I ever was interested in sitting in high school biology, like who's this Matthew Stafford kid from Georgia? And look where we are. Look where we are. We're debating and this the Hall of Fame case. So yeah. let's let's say let's just outline uh going forward for Matt Stafford. Matthew Stafford. Thank you. John. So John, John Stafford. Matthew Stafford <laughs> the third. No. <laughs> so if if we say he could go back to the, the playoffs, win two playoff games. It's really hard to get back to the Super Bowl. I've I've Hey under Sean McVay it doesn't seem too difficult. <laughs> yeah, I guess Jared Goff can do it. Anybody can do it. Maybe maybe Matt Stafford sucks. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> system quarterback <laughs> he's a yeah. system quarterback but uh yeah say he gets back gets to the nfc championship game at least and then maybe make super bowl whatever but if he gets back to the nfc championship game and if he's in the mvp conversation next year then how how are we feeling about matt stafford like at that point, Mingo, because I know Joe, you you're ready to say he could probably make the Hall of Fame with this type of career that he already has, based on you know what he's done in Detroit with the stats, and now he he's proven that he can win. So, if if he shows some consistency next year, maybe he's better next year than he was this year because it was his first year in a new system, with a new set of players. And he should have Cam Akers back, so it should be a better running game, so on and so forth. If he's better next year, how are you feeling about this, Mingo? I think the pathway involves him carving out a lengthy career with the Rams, being an MVP contender at least one time. I mean, if he's an MVP contender next year, if he's seriously in that conversation – that will boost the resume because then you're starting to talk about a quarterback that is not only thriving in a system who's winning some games, but he's also taking his personal game to a place that it's never been before. Uh, And so that changes the conversation for me a little bit. And if he can do that, if he can, you know, be on this team for four or five years, putting up similar stats you know, going deep into the playoffs, being in that conversation, then that is what we're going to remember about Matthew Stafford. We will quickly forget about the Lions version of Matthew Stafford. But 
with the it's like we say like with the one year it's like it, it went as well as it could have possibly yeah. gone he got the super bowl oh, he could have won super bowl MVP. well yeah he could have he could have done all those things but he got the ring yeah. which is something that yeah. you know obviously is such a major contributor but mm-hmm. like now it's all about can he really beef up his resume from a from a quarterbacking standpoint in the regular season yeah i, 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 I agree i think that's a good point because obviously right now if he retired we would still think of him in the detroit blue yeah with the the, the silver nine what do you imagine if he was on those giants teams outside of eli manning oh man what's What's the career look like then with that defense? With a, a live arm? <laughs> with a good <laughs> team around him? That'd be something. Uh, Odell Beckham like broke every rookie record with Eli Manning. Imagine if you'd had Matt Stafford. Matthew Stafford. That'd, that'd have been something. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know, I'd, I'd still set the Super Bowls at probably two. Uh, he probably would have won both Super Bowl MVPs. I mean, if... Eli Eli won two Super Bowl MVPs. I feel like Matthew Stafford could have, but I don't know. Eli Manning on those Super Bowl teams was different, though. He just kind of uh, there's something about those playoffs that made him good at football. <laughs> something about playing Tom Brady got him up out of bed in the morning. Something about the horseshoe up his ass. <laughs> I hate Eli Manning. <laughs> Another guy where it's like, why is he in just, the Hall of Fame? He just <laughs> ruined, like, the history of football. They're going to put imagine, him in the Hall of Fame. He just he, he wrecked, like, what would be the most unattainable, accomplishmented career of all time. Like, like we're yeah. talking a better career than Bill Russell with Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, honestly, in, like, though. all of sports. And they would have had the perfect, perfect re- Like, Tom Brady would have had every accolade you could possibly have he would have what nine super bowls (laughs) and he would have the perfect perfect season season. oh he'd probably have seven super bowl mvps (laughs) because just how how many would he have won in like a decade span oh my god uh that would have put him at six i think five or six five i want to say I'll lock in that as my answer because he won in what oh one, and then oh eight, and ten, and then he would have won in oh seven and five, I think. Something if I'm not something fucking like that, that up, it's, I don't know. Yeah, Maybe I'm just throwing out years. Hopefully, somebody will believe me. <laughs> I believed you. <laughs> well, that's yeah, what that's, I don't. That's, they're gonna put Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame. And yeah. everybody's going to feel a little off about it, and it'll be on first take for a week. It'll be like, should Eli Manning be in the Hall of Fame? And Stephen A. Smith is going to be like, it's absolute blasphemy that we put Eli Manning in the Hall of Fame. I can't believe this, brother. <laughs> the, hey, uh, J.B. Smoove will make a some sort of Caesars commercial about about <laughs> Eli making the Hall of Fame and, and, and how, uh, was it, Archie? Just, yeah. just sucks. You want him passing him the gravy? All right, that's, oh, okay. Let's move so on. So Matt Stafford needs some time. We need a couple more that's winning right. seasons out of Matt Stafford. He, he needs to be Jesus. remembered as a Ram. Basically. Yeah, I, nice. I, 
yeah. All right, moving on to what could arguably have been the greatest wide receiver season of all time in Cooper Cup. Much like Sean McVay, he's only been in the league since 2017. Um, For perspective, there are 29 wide receivers in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Cooper Cup, career accolades, 2017, made the all-rookie team. Good for him. 2021 is the rest of where the rest of his accolades came. Obviously, <laughs> Pro Bowler. You got first team All Pro. He's Offensive Player of the Year. He had the most yards from scrimmage by a wide receiver in a single season. Obviously, there was the 17th game. Take that with what you will. But he still had 1,900 yards. Uh, he was a Triple Crown winner, the fourth since 1970. Uh, Jerry Rice won in 1990, Sterling Sharp in 92, and then Steve Smith Sr. in 2005. Uh, Cup finished with the second most receptions of all time with 145. He finished with the second most receiving yards of all time with uh, 1,947. He had 16 receiving touchdowns. Obviously, all of these led the league this year, which is what the Triple Crown is. Uh, He had 40 more catches than all of those previous guys I mentioned in their seasons. He had 400 more yards than all of those previous guys. He had three more touchdowns than all of them. And a Super Bowl MVP to cap it off. Super Bowl champ, Super Bowl MVP. Eight catches on 10 targets for 99 yards, two touchdowns. However, billions of people were watching the Super Bowl. Every single one of them knew that that last pass was going to Cooper Cup. And it did not matter. Uh, What's going to Ben Skoranek? Skoranek. 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 Or or Hopkins or whoever. Benton. Benton. Whatever tight end got benched. Um, He holds the record for most receptions in a single playoffs with 33. Uh, He had six touchdowns in the playoffs, which is tied for second most all time. He set up the game-winning field goal versus Tampa Bay. He set up the game-winning field goal versus San Francisco. And he scored the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl. That is Cooper Cup's resume. Uh, Cooper Cup is not a Hall of Famer if he retires today. I think we can. I think we can all agree on that. Can we all agree on that, Joe? I mean, <laughs> if if you're looking at record books, if we're he looking, is okay. listed no. second. No. <laughs> okay. He's not close. Cooper Cup has 5,500 yards, which would be 3,000 less than Drew Pearson, who is <laughs> who played in 1973. <laughs> we, we're not going <laughs> to put Cooper Cup in the Hall of Fame yet. He has the Super Bowl MVP, which kind of puts him up a level. Yeah from most other receivers because like obviously calvin johnson never had a super bowl mvp but he also uh was one of the best wide receivers in the nfl for a consistent stretch of time and ended with eleven thousand seven hundred receiving yards in only eight years yeah so you you can't it's it's you can't compare this career that he has to the the hall of fame careers that modern wide receivers have much less guys like Fred Bolitnikoff, who had eight thousand nine hundred eighty-one receiving yards, like you got, like he needs to accumulate stats. Period. Like it, if he were to retire today, 
he would be thought of as, oh shit, this guy could have been blank, yeah. but it's it, it's it's not there. It's just like he needs to build resume, and I I do love that he has a Super Bowl MVP though. I love it when the non quarterback gets it. Mm-hmm. Every year I'm like, you know, he didn't play that good, <laughs> and, but he's probably gonna get the Super Bowl MVP. I was hoping it'd be Aaron Donald, but I was like, yeah, I got nothing wrong with giving it to Cup either, and yeah, because. You look at it, and it's just not a lot of these guys have this low of stats. So you, you got to give them more time. Yeah, no, it, it that's <laughs> yeah more time. It, there's more time. no chance in hell if he retired tomorrow that he is a Hall of Fame receiver. Yep, that's fair. That's fair. Time and. Uh, his his injury adds to that because he could he probably has like six thousand ish yards if he uh play if he's playing every game every year yeah. he tore the ACL and so yeah now now we'll we'll look at him a little differently going forward though that's for sure because of this season and the the Super Bowl that he had and the playoff stretch and. It now he's getting mentioned with Devonte Adams mm-hmm. in that top tier of not only route runner but of just receiver period, like a guy that you cannot guard. He's put himself on the launch pad. Like yeah. he like before this year he was just a good receiver. Now suddenly he's like ready to ready for liftoff. And if we see you know I don't expect him to repeat this season again. But if he has like another. 1600 plus yard season and and maintains his kind of status right now if he can do that for two more years and be remembered like it kind of goes back to what we're saying with Stafford if he gets remembered as Stafford's number one target in LA during a potential you know I don't want to I don't think it's going to be a dynasty type of situation but like they could go deep into the playoffs for a few more years and be competitive for another Super Bowl. So if he's the guy on that ride and he gets the stats to kind of put behind that name, then, yeah, you you can think about it. Yeah, very very similar to how basically Aaron and Devante have been the last however many years. Uh, Cup needs that with Stafford. And uh, obviously it helps both of their cases. Um, I'm pretty sure Cup was also the yak leader on the season. I mean – just so good anytime he had the ball in the hands. They had him returning punts. They had him rushing. Uh, that's why he was the uh, most yards from scrimmage by a wide receiver in the season. He had the huge fourth and one uh, running the jet sweep. Uh, so, yeah, I, it's – it's you can't have – just because you had one season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. If uh, Devontae Adams retired today, would he be a Hall of Famer? Yes, no, Devonte so. Adams I, has I think... eight thousand one hundred twenty-one receiving yards in his career. He has seventy-three touchdowns. Yep, there you go. That that's, puts that's a lot of touchdowns. That's uh, that's a lot of touchdowns. That's for how many years? Seven. Seven. Yeah, that's like even even before he was like really good, he was still catching a lot of touchdowns, yeah. and yeah. then he just became also really effing good. Yep, that that places him right around the uh, Harold Carmichael range. Ah, Ooh, my legend God. statistics. So, uh, yeah, tall king Harold Carmichael, six seven receiver, Philly. Nice shout out. Anyway, so it's it's safe to say with 
with McVeigh, Stafford, and Cup. Obviously, if these three stay together, the 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 case for all three of them is pretty strong. Um, but but as yeah. of r- right yeah. now, you're Stafford's the closest to having a shot. Yeah, you need to see more, but with it. If it was likelihood, it would be Stafford, then McVeigh, then Cup for me. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I could I'm I agree. So I got another wide receiver then. Mm-hmm. Who the Super Bowl I think has a huge impact on what he's basically what he's gonna be remembered as. And that's Odell Beckham Jr. Um he's been in the league since 2014. Um, he was obviously he had the amazing rookie season. 2014 rookie of the year. He was the first player as a rookie to have 75. Uh, hold on, hold on. Time up. What? The, the audio is fucked. <laughs> what? Minus? Yeah. Is that is it like that for you too, Mingo? Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. You sound like a robot. Like a robot. Let me pop that. Pop. Good. Yes. No. Maybe Better. So. Yep. Better. Okay. So the restart Apple, with Apple uh, headphones. Headphones. Yeah. Where where when did I start getting all? Uh, it was a uh, when you started talking about like going into Odell. So just like Odell was, you know, in the league for blank amount of years, seven years. Right. Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, he's been in the league since 2014. Um, obviously, 2014 was his best year. He was the offensive rookie of the year. He was the first rookie with 75 receiving or receptions, 1,100 receiving yards, and 10 touchdowns in a rookie season. Uh, he broke the rookie record for receiving yards per game at that time. He also led the league in receiving yards a game. And then he had the infamous catch on Sunday Night Football versus Dallas. Uh, he is a three-time Pro Bowler. And now, obviously, a Super Bowl champion. But injuries have really been what's held Odell back um, up to this point. In 2017, uh, he fractured his ankle. And he missed the rest of that season. Uh, 2020, obviously, first time he tears the ACL in Cleveland. And then uh, it was reported that he did tear that same ACL again. Uh, midway through the second quarter of the Super Bowl after he had, I think, 52 yards and a touchdown reception. So, uh, obviously, he's not a Hall of Famer right now. Yeah. But what does Odell need to even push that? Okay, so Odell Beckham Jr. has played... Seven games, six games, and eight games. Oh, sorry. I got that wrong. So he played four games in 2017, like you said, with the injury. Played seven games in 2020. And then he played basically a full season this year and then went down. I I was counting playing with Baker as an injury. My bad. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, then he tears his ACL. And people – like, he was – one of the favorites to win Super Bowl MVP after that he he got to his 53 yards and he had the touchdown. It was like, oh, shit, he's open constantly. Why? Running bare ass down the field. Yeah, it's like because obviously you're going to set your defense to guard Cooper Cup 
And then he was on that single side away from the trips, and he was just open constantly. And Stafford was finding him early and often, and then he goes down with the injury. And what Odell needs to do is be healthy because you see with these first three giant seasons, he had 1,300, 1,450, and 1,360 yards. And then he's hurt. And then he has a thousand and a thousand the next two years. The first one was with the Giants. He had a thousand fifty-two yards. He only played twelve games. And then he goes to Cleveland, and we all know how that went. He had a thousand yards his first year there, and then he only had three hundred nineteen because he got banged up. And then he had five hundred and thirty-seven yards in total last year. And then his little playoff resume. So. What he needs to do is when he's on the field, he's fantastic. When he's on the field with the quarterback that throws him the ball, he's elite. And I don't know if he'll still be elite after another knee injury to that same knee. I don't know if he's going to be able to trust it. I But he said he's willing to come back to the Rams on a discount, which, I mean, I don't know if teams are going to be, like, dying to get Odell right now based on the injury history. But, yeah, I – he just needs to be healthy for like four straight years and he will have the statistical resume to be a Hall of Fame wide receiver. But I there's not evidence to suggest that he can do that at this point. It, this is going to be one of the all-time what-if careers. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's such a shame. And, I mean, this is a player that's already, you know, 29 years old. He'll be 30 by the time he recovers from this injury and comes back. So, I mean, it, I, it's, it really is hard for me to envision a path where he can, where he can get there. And that's really unfortunate because he had all the talent he had, you know, the first three years were, were amazing and special. And it was simply a case of injuries ruining what could have been an all time career. If you asked this question in 2017 before the season, if you were like, hey, is Odell Beckham going to make the Hall of Fame? Like, I might have been like, yeah, it's a lot. Oh, easily. Easily. Like, he put together three of the greatest, like, first three seasons in NFL history. Like, he was on pace with Randy Moss. And it was was like, oh, okay, (laughs) this is happening. And it, like, people look at him, they're like, oh, well, the only reason that he is thought of the way he is is because of the catch. But, no, Mm-mm. he was a dominant wide receiver for his first three seasons. Out of the gate, as soon as he started playing, he only played 12 games his rookie year. He had 1,300 fucking yards. Like, I don't, I don't know what else to say. Like, he was on pace to be one of, if not the best wide receiver. And right now, I see – Justin Jefferson doing this same kind of thing and it's like this is what Odell was supposed to do and so hopefully we can see Justin Jefferson's career play out how Odell's career should have played out because it feels eerily similar for me yeah I I I agree like if if Jefferson has the same sort of season next year and again, we had this same conversation we just have. We'd be like, yeah, he is he is on pace to be a sure Hall of Famer yeah. because he's just – they're special. Those guys on LSU. Yeah. <laughs> Those guys 
nice. I mean, Jamar Chase, you crazy? It's Jamar Chase, it's Jamar it's Chase, Chase a Hall of Famer. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. How bad do you think going to Cleveland, like, impacted that problem? Man, that's that's what I what I keep looking at. It's like his first season. It wasn't even that bad. Like a thousand yards mm-hmm. is fine, but again, the injuries, and then he had to be watching Baker play, and like, Jesus, get me out of here because he came back this year and was like just not very good it it wasn't the fact that like baker obviously wasn't throwing to him enough but on top of that it was a lot of drops it was a lot of half-ass routes and then it was a lot of bad throws and i would have been dejected if i was odell beckham too (laughs) like it was it was not great and him and baker just never developed chemistry period so uh, getting out of out of Cleveland is a start, but being healthy is the next step that needs to happen. And if he can get a career that lasts into his mid thirties, like it could still happen, but I, it's just not likely. It's, it's, I mean, you just as wide receiver and you're an elite route runner, you're wide open. You're constantly wide open. And if your quarterback can't hit you out of a break while you are wide open, I mean, it's it's just what what motivation do you have to continue running good routes? Yeah, I think That's... the most frustrating part for me is the fact that a lot of what happened to him in Cleveland, I assumed was a residual effect from his injuries, where it was like, oh the devastating leg injury that ended things for him in New York that has played a factor in his career. But then when you see what he was doing just in the short time with the Rams and even in the Super Bowl, how he started that game, you start to wonder like, man, maybe he never lost it. Maybe this is a guy that, you know, was really hampered by a situation and yeah, he's still dealt with injuries, but I mean, it it's just everything that could have went wrong in this career really did. Mm-hmm. And I really hope that he can come back from this one and and be a guy that does that, but it's just you hit that 30 mark as a wide yeah. receiver and it every year it's it's it gets harder and harder. You have to be a pretty rare kind of a guy to get into that 34, 35 year mark and still be able to have the same effect on the field especially with all the lower leg injuries yeah yeah. it's because like you look at the guys that produce into their 30s and it's a short list like you said and it's guys like jerry rice it's guys (laughs) that have never yeah right guys that have just never really been banged up and this guy it's like two acls and a fractured ankle and so on and so forth so it would be very nice to, to see – it would be a really feel-good story to see Odell kind of come back and be the man. But it, it's – like I, I keep saying, it's just not really a, a thing that you would want to bet on at this point. And un- unfortunately, I think it's going to be hard to do it in L.A. too because you'd, you'd assume Robert Woods comes back before him. Right, yeah. And so, <clears throat> I mean, that was that was so big was that Robert Woods – 
went out literally the day that they signed Odell. So he walked right into that wide receiver two role. He was going to have a chance to play for the big contract, and he was looking good. And then he goes down again. So, yep. yeah, it, it, it's going to be tough sledding going forward for Odell. But hopefully, hey, I hope he makes the Hall of Fame. Hopefully, hey, that would could That'd you be imagine? <laughs> That'd, be, That'd oh. be nice. Just some wild, wild <laughs> like early thirties performances. <laughs> oh, just man. completely re revamps his game. Starts like meeting with LeBron to figure out how to take care of his body, <laughs> and he's just like mid thirties. He's putting up like thirteen hundred yards. Oh, I mean, hey, that'd be nice. Those hands don't what lie. Those hands true. don't lie. It's true. Oh, man. Well, we will cut away from the offensive players and now look at some of the defensive guys. Um, first, I've got Von Miller. He's in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're, we're good. <laughs> in the league since 2011. Um, I didn't know what to classify him as. Uh, there are 38 D linemen in the Hall of Fame and 31 linebackers. I guess they consider him an outside linebacker, but he plays more of that edge rusher, yeah. which is starting to become more of a position, just like the, the star position or box safety uh, for DBs. But he was the 2011 Defensive Rookie of the Year, eight-time Pro Bowler, three-time first-team All-Pro, two-time Super Bowl champion. He's got himself... A Super Bowl MVP. He made the 2010s All-Decade team. He's got 540 career tackles, 115 and a half career sacks, 26 forced fumbles, two picks, two touchdowns. Von Miller's a stud. Yeah, that's that's a guy right there. Yeah, uh, this I, I don't know if there's going to be any any debate here. This is going to be a pretty short one. We're yeah. Von Miller is a Hall of Famer, and it's not really a, a difficult. I didn't have to think about this. How one. about this? He, what if he retired after that Super Bowl with the Broncos? I was just going to say, I think he probably could have made it after the Super Bowl with the Broncos. So, yeah, we're on the same page here. I like the Super Bowl MVP. He had one of the greatest seasons of all time for uh, edge rusher. So he's he's been dominant every time he's playing. He had. This year, the beginning of the year, it was like, oh, is, is Von Miller washed? Mm-hmm. Kind of, we're thinking, and then he goes to the Rams and is rejuvenated and kind of was taking it slow, and it's like, oh, well, this kind of gave up a second and a third for him. It would be nice to see him. And then the playoffs started, <laughs> and it was kind of a wrap from there, and I think he had like 11 sacks in the playoffs or something like that. So, yeah, definitely, definitely Hall of Famer. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he would have been after the first one, the, that's up for debate for sure but that the fact that it's even debatable yeah <laughs> makes you, yeah. yeah it's it's a lock he i mean this is an elite talent uh, uh, this is the kind of thing i'm talking about with stafford where it's like this is a guy who transcended his position he was he was an elite player at a key position and there were stretches of time where he was the guy like this was the epitome of a pass rusher in the NFL and, and he's still, you know, producing now and obviously with, with Super Bowl and I mean if you can factor that in as much as you want to, but the body of work outside of it is yeah, he's he's got it. 
I mean, it's it's easy as that. <laughs> I mean, it it is easy Give as that. Give him the jacket. Just an Just... absolute freak. I'm I'm looking at the the list of all people in the Hall of Fame right now. Do you know that Brian Dawkins had more sacks than Derek Brooks? Fun fact of the day. Wow. Fun fact. Yeah. I don't I don't know either of those guys. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Dawkins, former DB from the Eagles, safety, has more sacks than Derek Brooks, who I think won a Super Bowl MVP with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a linebacker. Anyway. Shout, Sorry. Shout, shout, out, shout out to him. Yeah. It's a lot of twenty six is a lot of sacks for a DB. That, that <laughs> you got you gotta be up on the line. You're gonna be crashing. Yeah. <laughs> well let's just go right into the other guy that's already a Hall of Famer. And yeah. the other guy that was rumored to he was talking about hanging it up after the Super Bowl too. He said it before the game. And it came out. And that last drive all that was on his mind was winning the Super Bowl, and that is Aaron Donald. Obviously, makes gets the sack on third down, gets the pressure on fourth down, ends the game in the Super Bowl. Arguably could have been the Super Bowl MVP. Uh, he's been in the league since 2014. Uh, he was a pro bowler every year. He's been first-team all-pro every year except his rookie year where he was defensive rookie of the year. I mean, he won defensive player of the year three times, 17, 18, and 20, which is the most by any player. 2010's all-decade team for basically only playing five years. Well, yeah. six years, I guess. 441 tackles, 98 sacks, 23 forced fumbles. I've never seen any man get triple-teamed more <laughs> and still find ways to snake through in, in pressure a quarterback. Okay, so instead of asking, should Aaron Donald make the Hall of Fame? Because the answer is also pretty definitively yes. 100%. I think we can all agree, right, Mingo? Yes. Yeah. So is Aaron Donald the greatest interior D lineman of all time? I was just going to say that, <laughs> and yes, he is. He I is think the he, best I, interior I, I rusher ever. Okay, so the, the other two that are on this list are Alan Page and John Randall. That that that's the two that I would stack up. I'd put him above Alan Page, who has 148 sacks on his career, which is pretty nuts. Uh, but John Randall, I think, is the guy that you would stack him up with. I think those are the two best interior D linemen of all time. And with this run that he just had, and especially if this this is why I want him to get Super Bowl MVP, because it's like he had a great game. He essentially had three sacks in this game. He was credited with two. Joe Burrow got the last one, was a throwaway technically. But effectively, it was a sack. So he basically had three sacks in the Super Bowl, and and the last one was to ice the game, to finish the game, to kill the Bengals. (laughs) And if you win Super Bowl MVP, also is like a lifetime achievement award, basically. And then he also has the three Defense Player of the Year awards. And every single year, it's like, is Aaron Donald the most important player in football, regardless yeah. of position? Is the question when there's quarterbacks in the NFL, yeah. <laughs> when like Tom Brady exists, people are like, "Is Aaron Donald the best football player alive?" And it's an easy, like it's it's an argument that can be made. And so, I think I think he is like he can do everything on a defensive line. He can rush the passer, but then you also see on that infamous Samaj P Ryan run. 
He basically grabs him with one hand and stops his entire forward motion. He's like, no, I'm sorry. We're going to win this Super Bowl. <laughs> like, This is not how it's going to happen. And so, yeah, like you said, he had one thing on his mind. And through sheer power of will and technique and fucking aggression, and you see his fucking shirtless Super Bowl parade, this guy is probably one of the most athletic human beings on earth. It's like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll, I can put him at number one. I'm fine with that. And it's, all, it's also one of those things, too, where, like, narrative plays a little bit of a part in it as well because this was a guy who, you know, was undersized. He had to kind of put on an absolute show at the Senior Bowl before the draft in 2014 to – to, I mean, he was a fringe first guy, and he had the tape that was like, this is a top five, top ten kind of guy. And, I mean, the size concerns were the only thing that pushed him down the board. And he he never missed a beat. He just came into the league, was dominant, wins defensive rookie of the year, and then just never looks back. I mean, an absolute monster of a player. He made interior pass rush sexy. I mean, this is <laughs> yeah. like the, the least – sexy position in the game and he is like transcending defense overall as a as a d tackle so it's like it and if i'm doing my mental math here correctly if we're going to look from a stats perspective i'm pretty sure he has more sacks at this point in his career than randall did through eight years so it's like he's already got these guys beat in stats and the narratives on his side and i yeah he he's he's the best just one of those dancing bear type of guys just (laughs) a huge man but every movement is fluid every action is like calculated doesn't waste a single move and he's there's a switch too which is even scarier because like just he's got he's got his natural just go get him and then if you piss him off (laughs) it's done it's over he get he gets you by the throat (laughs) and it's done it's done. Yeah. So I I kind of want to look at the the Rams as a whole and how they've impacted how they like we we all know the NFL is a kind of um, monkey see monkey do league. You know you want to you like everybody's doing the Sean McVay offense because it's worked so well. I I want to know if everybody's going to be looking for this interior pass rusher now that we're looking at Aaron Donald's dominance and the fact that he has been the driving force of a defense that has made two Super Bowls, one with Jared Goff. And so, like, you can say it's Sean McVay and, like, he's led this team, but also you look at Aaron Donald and it's like, okay. (laughs) And then you look around the league and the tackle is getting more and more attention and draft capital throughout the league. And you look at a team like the Titans, who is dominant, and they had a four-man pass rush led by Jeff Simmons, who's a D-tackle, yeah. who's an interior D-tackle again. And they were really good throughout the whole regular season, and we saw what happened with them in the playoffs. But it wasn't Jeff Simmons' fault because no. he had <laughs> he would led the, <laughs> they had the nine D-line, sacks. and they had like nine <laughs> sacks. Yeah. yeah. So you like, do you guys think you're going to start seeing teams try to emanate this kind of defense led by an interior pass rusher, even though it's kind of hard to find – and interior pass rusher obviously you're not going to find Aaron Donald I think that's the that's the thing is like you can try 
but right. it, it's like the talent at the position is generally weaker and and then especially when you compare it to a guy like Donald who's just so you know on his own level on his own tier I mean you see these guys kind of like uh like a Derek Brown for instance like these highly drafted interior linemen where it's like it's it's generally those kind of run stopper type guys it's yeah. hard to find true interior pass rushers that can really make uh you know a sizable impact but that being said, I think you're definitely going to see an emphasis on, you know, kind of trying to find those guys and attacking the interior of the offensive line, getting pressure in interesting ways, collapsing the pocket in, you know, ways that are going to just get in the quarterback's face. I mean, that that's huge. And I think, like, if if you can find a guy like that, I mean, that, that makes the world a difference. It's definitely more power to you. I, I don't think you're going out expecting to use a guy – like how Aaron Donald is used. But once you find a guy, if you get a guy, then yeah. you start basing around that. If 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 right. you if if you get a guy that is training with knives, right? <laughs> and yeah. has these hands and is got the speed basically of a guy on the edge but is the the frame of a D tackle. Yeah. That's the type of thing and it's Right. He I he's a one of one. I mean it, it's yep. as, it's as easy as that. Yep, can can do all the edge rush stuff, but in a phone booth. <laughs> I mean, he's also yeah. one of the scariest people. Like, I, he's <laughs> one. Of, he's, he might be like the outside of James Harrison. I don't think there's another Ooh. person on the planet I would not want to meet. <laughs> Definitely, like top five. If aliens came and said, "Give us your greatest fighter," Aaron Donald is a top five pick. Uh, we'll, we'll stick on defense then, and the last two guys are guys that probably far shots, in my opinion. I think one guy's got maybe a better case, um, and that is uh, some defensive backs. Jalen Ramsey being the first one, uh, been in the league since 2016. Um, he's a five-time Pro Bowler, uh, three-time All-Pro in 2017, 2019, 2021. He had all the stuff in Jacksonville, which, uh, again, like Odell, it's it kind of ended up hampering them. Uh, but then he gets to gets to the Rams. He he gets the big extension, becoming the highest paid DB in the league. Obviously, now he's the Super Bowl winner. He's got 364 total tackles, four fumble or forced fumbles, 74 passes defended, 15 interceptions. He's got a defensive touchdown. Um. Safe, safe to say he's not all famer as of right now. Uh, defensive backs, you need, you need the body of work, and I guess you need, you you don't want a body of work at the same time. Yeah, that's that's the thing that I'm thinking. It's like you need to have a genesee qua about you, <laughs> where it's like I am not throwing at this guy, absolutely not. But when people do throw at you. You have to make them pay. And so, like, you don't want to be in this Trayvon Diggs yep. zone where they're throwing at you 15 times a game. It's like, yeah, I got a pick. <laughs> it's like they also scored three touchdowns. <laughs> it's like you got to be where Jalen Ramsey, it's whoever he's covering it's getting locked up. Now, was this true in the playoffs? Not necessarily. <laughs> but in that Super Bowl, it was kind of an indictment. It's like, ooh, 
okay, he let up two touchdowns. One, he got face masked on. Sorry, your boy T. Higgins, he, he just kind of no ripped contact. his – <laughs> no, only it was only contact on the face mask so you know maybe not offensive pass interference no yeah there, it wasn't but a push off wasn't a push off it was kind of a pull extension oh, there you go uh but yeah the the other one was an incredible catch by jamar chase and so like it was good coverage on both and so you can say like oh yeah he got torched but really he was in pretty solid defensive position on both um but I I don't know. It's really hard to look at like a DB and be like, this guy should make the Hall of Fame or this guy shouldn't make the Hall of Fame. Like Leroy Butler just made the Hall of Fame, and it's like, was he ever like he was the best safety in the league for like two years? Mm-hmm. Jalen Ramsey's probably been the best corner in the league for f- five years. Like I mean, yeah, he's in and top out. top in and three. Out, yeah. Let's say top like a top, top three, three corner. For, mm-hmm. And he took, like, Gronkowski out of a playoff game in Gronk's, like, Tom and Gronk's end of their prime. It, it was it was a pretty – he's had a pretty great career. And so, like, it I, I don't – he could probably make the Hall of Fame. But it's, like, I, I don't know how to quantify, like, a Hall of Fame career for a cornerback. I think, yeah, I think, like, for guys like that, it, it is so much about the perception around them. And obviously that – goes into play with how they're performing but it's like a guy like ramsey who is well known well respected feared you know it's like that is the sort of resume for a cornerback that's going to get you to where you want to be and if he retired today you know maybe that maybe it's not quite far enough but it's just like he has the sort of allure that a guy like revis had a little bit where it's like maybe not quite to that level but he's the kind of guy that is always you know talked about and he's always you know a a player that it's like don't you know Jalen Ramsey and Jamar Chase like that was one of the the storylines of the Super Bowl like he is a big draw he's an elite talent he was an elite prospect elite player like all the way through he has all the pedigree and he is he's been a great player. So I think when you put all of those pieces together for a cornerback, that starts building towards what I would imagine is a Hall of Fame career. Do you ever look at your fantasy matchup and see your guys playing against the Rams and there's like a minute where you're like, should I play him? Like, should I just bench like my number one receiver because he's playing against Jalen Ramsey today? That that might be the benchmark for Hall of Fame corners. <laughs> <laughs> Well, okay, so I'm looking at the list of Hall of Fame DBs and guys that exclusively played cornerback uh, in, like, the modern era. We have Deion Sanders, we have Ty Law, Champ Bailey, and Charles Woodson. End of list. Wow. Does he belong in that conversation? Because that's, yeah, that's, and (laughs) Charles Woodson, again, is questionable because he played free safety half his career, basically. God damn. So <laughs> I think I think when it's all said and done, he will belong in that conversation. Okay. I think what's most impressive is in the Super Bowl, the Rams' defense was moving him to where they thought the the first read was. And so not only was he just covering Chase, right. like we know, he was covering Higgins. He was covering. I think he was covering Ty Boyd at points because. Right. 
he's that versatile. They, they use him in that quote-unquote star role, which is becoming that new position. And they just move around everywhere. And, and if you have a chess piece like that on defense and you're constantly like taking away the number one option every single play, if you can guess it, right? That's incredible. Yep. I agree. I love me some Jalen Ramsey, and if he's if he's top three corner for years to come, it's like it's going to be hard to argue against it. And he's also said he's willing to move to safety, like later in his career too, and which is that's yeah. how you prolong your career yep. as a D back. It's like you go and then you're just a ball hawk, and then you get your interception numbers up, and then your Hall of Fame resume looks real nice. Yeah. Well, well, sticking with that, we'll go to my last guy. Probably one of my favorite free safeties of all time, Eric Weddle. Uh, he was drafted in 2007. Um, he, he was retired for two years, came off the pine, walked right in, led the team in tackles in a playoff game. <laughs> he, he led the team in the playoffs for the whole, for the whole playoffs. He, he, he tore his pec in the Super Bowl in the first quarter, and, and you could still see him every, every time uh, Mixon was, like, getting a little something going. Weddle was a guy coming up, drilling him, and his arm was just limp every time he got back up. <laughs> He's a six-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro in 2011 and 2014. In 2011, he was the co-leader in interceptions on the season with seven. He made the 2010s all-decade team. Obviously, now he's a Super Bowl champion. He has 1,179 tackles, 9.5 sacks, 98 passes defended, 29 picks, 8 forced fumbles, and 5 touchdowns. And a just gorgeous beard. <laughs> that'll, that'll be on the Pro Bowl bus. That'll be the selling point. It's like... <laughs> That's a nice <laughs> pro. That's recognizable. Um, when you look at, at defensive backs, the the tackle numbers for Weddle would stand out pretty. Like, he's got a lot of tackles compared to a lot of these guys. But, I mean, I again, with DBs, it's like, was he ever the best safety in the league? I don't think so. I mean, if you're, he, if you're making an all-pro team two years. I I know I guess it's true I I, mean, I don't know I guess I I never really thought of him as like one of those guys but like it, the the NFL respected him he was incredible for the Chargers for a long time and so like I I don't think he's a Hall of Famer but like I don't know I love Eric Weddle I don't, don't want to <laughs> sit here and shit on Eric Weddle <laughs> yeah I think Weddle is the kind of guy that. You like you like most people know Eric Weddle. Like he's a yeah. very recognizable player. He's a fa- like a guy that, and and I like this line. I just I was just reading this article. Uh, this puts it perfectly. Though Weddle is well respected among his peers, he simply does not have the resume to make a definitive Hall of Fame case. And I think that's what it comes down to. Is there's players that are really good and well-respected and have long and, and successful careers, but that just quite isn't enough to be a Hall of Famer, and I think that's where Weddle sits. Yeah, I think I agree. 
14 years still for for a DB. Yeah. That's pretty good. That, Hell of a career. And, I mean, the, the whole torn pack thing, like, that's just one final, you know, tip of the cap to to a guy who's who's another one of those gamers. Just, just that, that was the first thing I thought around. of when you were saying that. Just, an, yep, an absolute <laughs> gamer. So there we have it. That's, that's pretty good. So we put Aaron Donald and Von Miller in the Hall of Fame. They're in the Hall of Fame. Hands yep. down, without a doubt. Most likely yep. both first ballot. Yep. And then we we say Matt Stafford has the opportunity at his feet to make the Hall of Fame if he continues a positive trajectory on the Rams. You said Jalen Ramsey could potentially make the Hall of Fame, though we don't know the qualifiers for a cornerback so to make hard. the Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's like, was he a guy <laughs> that you didn't want to throw at yes yes how long 11 years okay yeah there sure yeah. like i don't know and then uh i don't think i don't think we agreed that anybody else should definitely be in the hall of fame sean mcveigh was another one that we said has an incredible five-year resume to start his coaching career and we could see him going into the hall of fame if you had the gun to my head i would say yes for sure he will make the hall of fame by the end of his career and then it, it just comes down to like we said earlier it's it's longevity longevity in yep. football is is so big so like cooper cup needs to continue stafford needs yep. to continue mcveigh needs to continue um so like literally if this rams team continues being successful over the next three four five years um, I'm I'm sure majority of these guys could make it. Um, unfortunately, it looks like Odell is that that guy that's got the longest shot. He w- he would need an incredible three run stretch off of another torn ACL. Yeah. To to bring that case to the bare minimum to be looking like a Hall yeah. of Famer. Oh, damn. Sad. Love me some Odell. Love that. if you ever go back, just watch some Odell oh, highlights because uh, that's that's electric. That, that that rookie. Well, thank God we have Amon Ross St. Brown now. Oh Jesus! Get out of here with that business! I couldn't help myself. I had to, I had to take that lap on that one. I'm sorry. Hell of a sorry. player, not Odell level athlete. No, oh. no not at all. Man, that's <laughs> so like like when I'm I'm going I went through this you know I'm grabbing all the guys' stats and how like when you're looking at Pro Bowl selections and you're looking at like quarterback Pro Bowl selections, how do they really stack it up? Do the first guys get cons- do they get the Pro Bowl? The first guys, but then the guys that are like, nah, I don't want to go. Or is it the guys that do end up going after the guys tonight? Do they get I, the Pro Bowl? They, they, I think they all get it. I think the one that gets like Aaron Rodgers gets selected, right? Yeah. Or am I wrong, Mingo? No, no, no. You're right. Yeah. And so I'm shaking my yeah. head because, because the Pro Bowl is an absolute joke. Throw the goddamn Pro Bowl <laughs> numbers out the window. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. what I was just about to I say. Was... It's like Aaron Rodgers gets selected every year, so he gets that. And then he sits out, and then like Mitch Trubisky gets a Pro Bowl nod because, and then Mitch Trubisky now is one time Pro Bowl. Yeah, it's like, oh, is he though? So, <laughs> can I? I just need to say this: 
a bear. I was witnessing a Bears fan trying to justify <laughs> their pick of Trubisky by saying he was a Pro Bowl quarterback. There we go. <laughs> that's I see. That's that. how you know though, that yeah. it's not right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Okay. So well. So this is what's what is the the solution to Pro Bowl weekend? What do we do? Okay. Get rid all of right. it. Go ahead. Miguel. Get rid of it. I want to. Because like all pro, it. all pro is when you are the best of the best. It's like similar to all NBA. Like again, yeah. NBA All Star. It's okay. You've you have one good season. Like I mean, Chris Milton's gonna be a three time NBA All Star, but yeah, he's never. I mean, did he? He may. He might have made an All NBA team. I think he might have made a thirteen. Thirteen. But, but, anyway, but like, anyway. like I'm saying, I mean, if you're great, you're making an all-pro first team. You're not just making yeah. Pro Bowls. I don't right. put any stock in all-star, anything. I hate all-star. Anything that involves fan voting, throw it out the window. <laughs> and anything where there's substitutions, getting the same accolades as the star, like, no. None of that should ever matter. Throw it away. That's- so, so what it bingo, I want I want to hear your opinion on this. Do you have any interest in fixing the Pro Bowl? Yeah, I do. Okay. And so how and do I, we do it? Well, I think okay, get rid of the game. Just get rid of the game. I don't I want. Agree. I don't want I, a thank game. You. Make yes. it. Make it a, a weekend of celebration. Make it a fun. You know, it, it's a weekend of like the fun skills challenges, and, and you know, bring some celebs in there. Just mix it up, make it entertaining, make it entertainment. Don't try to force it to be a football game when that's clearly not what it's ever going to be. Just, just make it something fun. Yeah, you know, and especially now when it's like in between the championship games and the Super Bowl, like I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to watch that. Like, right. Just make it a, a pre-Super Bowl celebration weekend and, and just kind of, you know, turn it into something truly just about entertainment. I I agree. I I was thinking, I'm like, just have it be the skill. Add more skills challenges because they used to have other ones. Mm-hmm. Add those in because those are fun. It's nice. It's fun to see, like, the cool catch thing and, you know, even the dodgeball. They do, like, a gauntlet obstacle course it's like yeah i want to see super athletes do super athletic things like i don't want to watch the pro bowl like where nobody's going to tackle anybody obviously and i understand why they don't try because they're Mm -hmm. they don't want to get injured three weeks before free agency that's dumb (laughs) yeah and so what they should do is they should have like all-star weekend in the nba is saturday you do the dunk contest three-point contest skills challenge sunday you have the pro bowl what they could do is Saturday, do all your skill stuff, do all your fun little mini games and stuff. Sunday, you already have all the votes in. Do your NFL honors. That would be cool. Who, yeah. Why do we need to wait till after the Super Bowl? Because then that's a it's clear this is a regular season award. We're awarding it to the the player who had the best seasons, and then you could have like oh. 2022 league MVP Matt Stafford going to lead his team in the Super Bowl, you know, and then it's just like adds a little more, (laughs) adds a little more to it, like going going into viewership and stuff like that. Like 
you don't nobody's gonna watch the Pro Bowl, but everybody likes to tune in to the NFL honors just to see like who's gonna win the important awards. And if they're like, Oh, Aaron Donald just won his fourth defense player of the year, we're going into the Super Bowl, you know, that that'd just be pretty cool to yeah. see. It just it seems like there's just so much of a disconnect because it's never the best guys. It's never the best right. guys. So it's like why yeah. why is anybody watching it? It's not a football game. It's just a bunch of guys lollygagging around the field. Um, yeah. Nuts sent me something, and it was yeah. it was a good idea, a very unrealistic idea. But it is the uh, the the champion of the XFL plays the worst <laughs> team in the NFL for the spot. We're relegate a team for the spot in the league. There you go. Yeah. Because like I was gonna I, I was gonna say have the can we finally have the Jags Bama game <laughs> like it, it, all, I don't know the legalities behind that but. Please, God, can we just get that game one time so people can stop talking about it? Yeah, because like people, people would bring up, oh, we got we got to have like the worst two teams play for the for the number one pick and or something like that. And it's like, well, it's like most of the guys on these teams aren't going to be on the team anyways the next year. So why would they care if they had the first pick or not? So it's like yeah, you got right. to put real stakes to it, you know. If, if like, your you franchise think, you think... is risking your spot in the NFL. I think people are going to take it serious. Some people are going to get fired. I mean, <laughs> you think like Jared Goff is marching out there so they can draft Kayvon Thibodeau? Like, I don't think he gives a shit. Like, really? He's like, I hope we get number two, so we draft a tackle. Like, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So we fix the Pro Bowl. Something's got to be done. We that shit's yeah. stupid. Give me, give me NFL honors the week before the Super Bowl. Give me. Rumors circulating. Give, give me the, all the narratives before the Super Bowl. And then we lead in. Because it seems like there's always that weak lull of yeah. news and, like, of content before the Super Bowl. Because it's obviously two weeks and nobody gives a shit about the Pro Bowl. So we have the one week where it's like, oh, yeah, Bengals, Rams, you know. This is crazy. It's underdog versus the, the mercenaries. And, like, we're going into it. And then, like, after the first week, it's like we're reusing all. The, and then we're like... <laughs> Oh well, uh, and all of a sudden Joe Super Bowl Burrow. comes and it's like, oh, there it is. Oh, Super oh, Bowl it's Super Bowl, yeah, Super Bowl Sunday, oh. baby. It's like, what, what kind yeah. of commercials are there going to be? Oh, <laughs> and so I, if they they put in that NFL honors that's that Sunday before, I feel like you could get a lot more of the like top tier talent to participate in those skills challenges just because they get a free trip to Vegas or Hawaii or whatever. And then they also get to participate. Give them a little bonus if they win the skills challenges. You know, give them twenty five thousand dollars if they win best hands. I don't know. Guys like money. It's yeah, exactly. And then they're already going to be there, and then have the honors the night after in the same city. So then they're all there. You know, then you might be able to get Aaron Rodgers to do like a quarterback accuracy challenge, and because he's going to probably win MVP the next day in the same city. Like I don't know. Yeah, that's my that's my pitch. I like. I that. agree with everything you just said. Thank yeah, you. Same. Well, is that is that all we got for today? I feel yeah. like we're running a, a little long. That's all I got. Hey, that's what happens when you got a good pod going. It's not wrong. But uh, yeah, uh, we'll uh, catch you catch you next time. We appreciate you listening. Follow us at Pod Firestarters on Twitter. Email us at thefirestarterspod at gmail dot com. We'll be on YouTube. Firestarters, I don't know exactly what the link is going to be. I'll put it in the description of the podcast, though. It'll probably be something along the lines of youtube.com slash the Firestarters podcast, whatever. But we'll find out. I'm excited to get this up. 
get our YouTube going, get some social media breakout. Been working hard on the graphics. So let's get it. We will talk at you next time. Hey, thanks for coming, Mingo. Anytime, fellas. Bye-bye.